Hello and welcome to Unofficial Art Therapy. It's Dr Liz here and Coombsy is going to join us on the line soon along with a good mate of his, an awesome musician, a guy by the name of Matthew Slager. Um, Coombsy and Matthew have never actually met face to face but as you'll get to know by the end of this episode they have a really special bond, bonded by music and this week we talk about music from a musician's perspective, a gigging musician's perspective. Um, Matthew is also a teacher and so it's really great to hear a lot about how he uses music in everyday life as a form of therapy, as a thought, a form of connection, um, just in all things really. Um, so this was a really special episode. There's quite a lot of love in the room as always or in the Zoom room should I say. We were all separated um, but we are all wanted to acknowledge that we are on unceded Aboriginal land and we pay our respects to Elders past and present acknowledging that this is land that was never ceded. As always too this is not official medical advice so if you want some of that please do seek it out. Hello, babe. You're muted, babe. Hello. Well done. Right Good now. Oh, hello. Hi. I got you. Hey, hello. Hi, sweetheart. How are you? Oh, I've got no video though. Have I? No, I don't have one either, but I don't know how to do that. Uh, it, it, oh, it... yeah. Tap, tap down the bottom and just tap the thing, which is. There, ah, there we go. Look at you. You know a thing. How are you, sweetheart? Yeah, I just woke up. There we go. Delightful. Well, the kids are, Patrick's putting the kids to bed, so we'll uh, see if, if we might record some nonsense going on. It's very cute. Uh, <laughs> it's very cute. Yeah. And how's, uh, how, how's, how's everything else? What's, what's on the TV today? Any good music videos? Um, there was one that I hadn't seen for a long time. I, I came on and I thought, oh, it's probably 10, 15 years since I heard this song and it all clicked. And, I, and that muscle memory for songs is just amazing, I reckon. It's crazy, Can't isn't it? I was, talking, now. <laughs> I was talking to a friend of mine who was my PhD supervisor, actually, from way back in the day. He'll be 80 next month. And he was singing oh. me songs that he remembers his mum singing to him when he was four. I'm like, oh. how is that? In your noggin still. It's crazy, isn't it? Yeah, I don't know where that is or how it works, but, I mean, it's I think it's just part of the brain that I still don't reckon we know exactly everything about this thing. No, I, don't I think, think you're ever, right. I don't think we ever will. No, I, I, I mean, he's... It, no, he's done a bit more research into it. He reckoned he could. He gave me a lot of reading to do, which is always what happens when I talk to him, but mm-hmm. which is good. But I'm like, oh my goodness! And he goes, oh, don't worry, you know, it's just those early time years of life. They're really, really you're so impressionable. I'm like, oh god, more pressure. <laughs> I've got little yeah, ones thinking. Can't, can't remember much until uh, I probably hit about ten or eleven. Yeah, I reckon. Before I, it's really a blur. Yeah, I reckon I remember because my younger sister's four. I was just four when she was born. I remember when she was born. Okay. But and little bits and pieces about knowing like kindy and stuff, but no, it wasn't. No. no, none of that hits with you. No, I remember the last year of primary school. 
Yeah. And a few things that happened because a couple of weird things happened. Yeah. Um, like in, we got stuck in a massive storm and we got told to get out off the playground as quick as we could. Oh. And I was up on the – and where our school was, it was weird. It was like two layers, like the school, and then up, up in the area was the, the footy field and all the grass areas. Yeah. And, I, I, of course, I was up there kicking the footy around. <laughs> and then so we were at the furthest point away from anyone else. So we just started yeah. running and bolted light and just went right over. I stumbled and fell forward as the bolt of light went over and hit the kid in front of me's heel. And he's gone. Jeez. And, like, and maybe that's why I'm scared of lightning. I hate lightning. And it burnt his heel. Yeah. Bloody hell, you just really been. Bad. You just been dodging. You, if you don't mind me saying, oh. you just been dodging death forever, haven't you? <laughs> I'll never forget that. Oh, oh Mister Slager is in the room. Barbecue's here, are you, mate? Hello, mate. Great Look to at that magnificent specimen of a man, will you? Hello, oh. nice to meet you. I'm Liz. How are you? Good day, Liz. I'm <laughs> Matt. Nice to meet you. You too, you too. I've seen your video. Bloody hell, you're you're a clever boy, aren't you? If you don't mind me saying. <laughs> Thank yes, you. I, yes. I get to work with some pretty good musicians, so I'm pretty pretty lucky. <laughs> and and you, I see you, you've got you under undersell yourself. <laughs> Does this you all got, the time? You got your guitar there too. Yeah, I thought mm. well, you're talking about music, and um, there's always a guitar. Yeah, here's my here's one guitar case right here. Um, back room in my house, studio down there in my bedroom. You know, it's guitars everywhere. Music's music's the best. All right, I, the the way I met Matt was, it's a, I really love this story and I love telling people how I came across this genius. I was it was pandemic time, and it was one Friday night or Saturday night. I don't know. Anyway, friends of mine, um, Dave, Dave Wells and Melanie Wells, Julie Sutton and Andrew Sutton, great family of people. They were friends with Matthew. And I think it was Julie who said, hey, I know you're sitting at home doing nothing because that's flipping what all Melbournians were doing in the pandemic. <laughs> couldn't go anywhere. Couldn't go more than 5K. And it was just, it was just horrible. It was really, really horrible because... At that stage, Rebecca had only had Lola in the December, so I've got this beautiful granddaughter and she was four months old and all of a sudden we were shut out. And the one thing I don't have is time. And the one thing I treasure the most is time. And I say to people, it's my best friend and my worst enemy. And I felt that with the pandemic, I felt cruel because it was taking that time away from me that, at that time when I really needed to, to see my granddaughter and to, to try to get her to learn to know me. And I just felt even more shut in than what I already was due to my stupid body. But this time there was external things shutting me in. And Dave and, and, and Julie knew that well, really well. They would call very often and chat just to check up on me. Anyway, like Julie clicked in and said, hey, mate, there's a friend of ours playing some music, which I know you love and live by, um, in, his, in his music room in his house. He just decided to do this for people um, who are really feeling it. Oh, okay, cool. Um, so I put the telly on mute. 
switched on and, and there I saw Matthew singing and playing his guitar with a fellow called Alex Jeans, who just happens to have been on The Voice at the moment. Um, and for an hour, I was just captivated by those two blokes. They belted out songs that I loved for a start, and it made me feel happy, but Jesus, they could sing and they could play. And the harmony work they'd done together, which I love harmonies, I love a cappella, so I think harmonies the most beautiful thing. And it was just absolutely what I needed at that point in time. The following week, I was doing it again. Clicked in, had a listen, magnificent yet again. And I think the following week, it happened again. I'm sure it was three weekends in a row. And then I, I sent Matthew a message saying, you know, geez, you guys are incredible. Um, thank you. And then um, he said, I'm also part of a group called um, uh, Acoustic Autograph with a couple of other guys. And then I I think I got some links to them from Dave or Julie or to gigs or whatever. And then they were doing something. So there was other... Parts introduced. There was Dexter Villamosa was on vocals, Raj playing the box drums, whatever you call them, and yeah, John on, on bass. What is it called? Cajon. Cajon. Yeah, C A J O N, Cajon. It literally means box in Spanish. Oh, well, hey, I can speak Spanish. Good. And, <laughs> and, and these guys, again, Absolutely magnificent. Again, I'm thinking, this is fantastic. And this Dexter dude, I mean, I, I say Alex Jeans is a rock god. He just belts a song and out of the park and whatever. And then you get Dexter singing, who also can belt a song out. But also, to me, he sings like smooth chocolate. <laughs> it's just, he feels like he grabs you with his voice around your heart. He's amazing, and and, and really good-looking fellow. So he's he's the absolute package. I mean, he did stare at Dexter for a long time. I mean, you know, <laughs> I would. I'll put my hand up. Yeah, oh, no problem. I would. Um, so I'm thinking, this you've got to be incredible. able to appreciate an artwork, don't you, Papa? You've got to be able to appreciate the art. Well, he is a work of art because man, the guy can sing. He's a magnificent human. He's got yeah. a wonderful heart and he's got an incredibly good face. So <laughs> he's got it all. So all of a sudden there was another avenue of music mm. that I was getting from these guys. And on that first night, I heard them sing a song called Like a Stone, which I, strangely enough, I'd never heard of. And I thought, wow, some of those lyrics are like, were really reaching out to me, like, you know, sitting and waiting and, all that yeah. sort of stuff. And I thinking this would be the perfect song to play at my funeral. And I think it was two weeks later, maybe three weeks later, I, I get a video with Acoustic Autograph doing the song and I bawled my eyes out. <laughs> <laughs> and then I asked if I could play that at my funeral. And um, the, the guy said yes. And that was my introduction to this lovely man that we've got with us. And just one other thing quick 
I'm going to be massive. I'm sorry. But he means the world to me. For what he done for me, when I was really feeling alone more than I've ever felt, because I felt the walls were caving in on me. Hmm. And then when things loosened up in Sydney and you guys could go out and do things, they went back to playing gigs, what they do. Julie Sutton, bless her soul, just one of the most wonderful people. She FaceTimed me and I, I honestly didn't feel like talking that day. I was just, but I never say no to Julie. So I answered the phone and I was just really battling. And it was like Matt playing at a gig, singing. <laughs> and she said, I thought you might like this. Plonk the phone down. And about 15 minutes, Matt was singing along. And then since then, Julie's done this several times when Matt's been playing. Every time, every time, at some point in the song, he will leave the stage, come up to where Julie is to the phone, look in, in the middle of a song, singing lyrics and playing, <laughs> and says, I love you, brother. And back he goes. Uh, every time it gets me, every time I think, and he's got rhythm because he doesn't miss a beat. <laughs> <laughs> he knows what he's doing. That's my Beautiful. introduction. That's this gentleman who we have with me. And that's why when we, we talk about music and I really wanted to speak to him because from the perspective of being an artist, I know what I get from Matt and, and Dexter and Alex and, and I know what I get. It, it fills my heart up. <laughs> and I get the extras of wonderful humans as well. So I, I'm big bonus. But I thought, wouldn't it be wonderful to hear from someone who's working in the industry for ever and is so good at what he does and this is the other thing that he will not brag about and he never does he goes i work with great musicians i work mate he's the great musician because he can sing harmonies of falsetto with alex jean's belt and had a rock song and then he can sing harmony and duet stuff with dexter poles apart song poles <laughs> apart and yet there's one glue, there's one conduit. He tries to over all the time. And that's Matthew Slater, who is the conduit and is the glue. I don't know many artists that can do that, to be honest, that still sound brilliant. Oh, and by the way, he's playing guitar at the same time. Oh, and by the way, he's managing cameras and microphones and producing and... I just can't say enough about this bike, seriously. And um, I'll, I'll talk for a while. I suppose we should let Ramin speak. But welcome, Matthew Slager. It's a big introduction, long one. Sorry. Welcome, Matt. Welcome, Matt. You got. We, I got two questions for you. I'm going to get number one. You're the glue. Yep. And number two, it sounds like you've got seven arms. How are you doing all of this at once? <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Good question. First of all, I'm humbled by those words. Thank you very much, Craig. I'm, I, I get as much or more from you than you could understand. Um, music is such an integral part of my life and it has been for such a long time. I pretty much 
started playing the kitchen pots and pans to Abba tunes in the seventies with my big sister singing the lead vocals. Um, and I'm not a drummer. I can assure you of that. Was there so, good drums in, in Abba? I don't think there were good drums in Abba. They're not known. I mean, Fernando, <laughs> they were listening to Fernando for the drums. Was Fernando a good drummer? I don't even remember. Look, my chopsticks on the saucepans were not to be reckoned with, I can assure you. No, I appreciate that. I do appreciate that. I'm sorry. I, I progressed to a yogurt container and chopsticks later on in my oh. drumming career on my bed, listening to um, wherever I lay my hat, that's my home. I love oh, that song. Wow. Yeah, so niche, niche, fantastic. Um, then I was very proficient on the guitar on the um sorry no i'm lying the tennis racket okay. <laughs> playing um Bo bohemian rhapsody with my friend he was the bass oh. player so, so he played a squash racket nice <laughs> oh good diversity oh, that's excellent <laughs> we had so chore <laughs> choreographed moves jumping oh. off beds and it was oh, it was no. fantastic <laughs> delightful that was the first song that made me love music, really love music, was Bohemian yeah. Rhapsody. Yeah. And then a little bit later on, my brother started learning guitar as a teenager, playing thrash metal, M-O-D-S-O-D, -S -S all this crazy um, evil-sounding stuff to me because I was a Queen fan. I loved Queen. Yeah. Yeah. Queen and the Police, that was where I was in yeah. Um And Kiss, you know, everything. Oh, Kiss. Um, so he, he started playing guitar and had an acoustic guitar and started playing this song and I was like I love that can you show that to me and he showed me how to play Stairway to Heaven by Led Zeppelin oh which was God. the oh, first God. song I learned how to play on guitar that's not true. I don't believe that you actually, you're going to give me some smoke on the water next. Come on. The book of cliches for guitar. I love it. I love it. Um, it was such a difficult song to play. I didn't have the strength to bar the chords. I used to play it with oh, the back yes. of my hand and the guitar laying on my lap to be oh, able to clever. finger the chords. And clever. then stick it around to a normal position. I know this won't come out well on the recording, but I'll show you exactly what I was doing. This is how I learnt Stairway to Heaven. Oh, that's oh so clever. Goodness. That's how I learned how to play Stairway to Heaven. Um, I'm very geez. impressed. Then House of the Rising Sun, yeah. <laughs> and then I took guitar lessons, and the rest is history. I started jamming with Raj back when I was 15 and a few other guys from school. Oh, you've known Raj that long? Yeah, we've been. I've known Raj since we were about oh, yeah. 11, about 11 years old. Wow. So we're, we're getting close to 40 years of knowing each other and, you know, over 30 years of friendship. That's awesome. And uh -huh. so do you, like, I'm so pleased we're talking to you because also, I mean, today the, what's it called now, Music Australia, like there's the new big launch today, the national launch to try and get Australian music, get some wind under Australian music, local scene and everything happening. And you're so active in the local scene, you know. I think, tell me about, Tell me about that. Like, tell me about 
the experiences like what Coombsy was talking about, coming back out and playing and playing not just to any, you know, hello Cleveland, like a rough, you know, mass of people. <laughs> You're talking to someone specific, you know what I mean? So specific. You can see him on the screen. Like tell me about that experience. I think what Craig's really talked about with me is not so much my musicianship, but my ability to connect with people. I've got a, a massive family, as in 60 first cousins. Wow. And my grandmother just passed away last year at the ripe old age of 101. Wow. My daughter is great-grandchild number 67. My Jeez. son was born a year and a half later, and he's great-grandchild number 76. Oh, just to give you an idea of my family. Factory. So, <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Nana. Good, good, good Catholic Dutch people, you know. Oh, and, and Nana. I hope everybody bought her Christmas presents regularly. My goodness. Yeah, oh, Nana. Yeah. yeah. She was she was Omar in Dutch. Anyway. Omar, Omar is it? Oh, Omar, yeah. So Bless Omar you, Omar. And Opa. And my dad's dad was a singer. He conducted a choir in Holland um, of about 100 in the church choir. And apparently his ear was so good he could say, use. Sing that note. Oh, no, you're a bit oh. flat. Sing it a bit better. You, sing that note. You're a bit sharp. Sing that one here. Sing this harmony. Apparently he was that good. And he had he had this personality that drew people in. And his name is Bieren. Bieren Slager. Bieren Slager. My name is hyphenated Matthew Bieren Slager. My son's name is Bieren Slager. And I think somehow these genes were passed on to me he was the life of the party he was the one that people enjoyed being around I'm not <laughs> bragging about myself saying that's exactly true for me but I do have an ability to connect with people yeah. and that's my strength as a performer as an entertainer it's not so much my singing ability or my guitaring ability it's my ability to look around the crowd while I'm playing and and notice what people are noticing um, I'll notice when a guy's looking at that girl's butt. I'll notice when that person <laughs> at the bar is buying their 17th drink. I'll notice <laughs> wow. the little things that a lot of people won't really pick up on. And I think that's my strength. I'm also a school teacher. So these skills transfer over into, into my life in, in many other facets of my life. Um, Eyes in the back of your head if you're a school teacher. Yeah, well, you, you have the kids believing that that's true anyway. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, totally. Totally. I teach at uni. They still think that, you know. <laughs> it's, it's good. It's like, yeah, sure. Sure, I can see we, you. <laughs> we, we have an ESP that I think a lot of people don't, don't understand. This is true. This is true. We should let Coombsy in on it. <laughs> so when it came time for the lockdowns and we were locked in, I had to do it as much for myself as I did for my, my family and friends. I have a cousin down in Albury with, with little kids and they would tune in and they'd be like, Chewy's on, Chewy's a star, Chewy, you know, Chewy's my nickname. <laughs> um, and, and, and I was doing it for them. I was doing it for my family. I was doing it for my friends and, and people like Craig came along and we were like, who's this Papa Coombs guy in the chat? He keeps commenting in the chat. Who is this bloke? We didn't yep. know him from a bar of soap. And we're like, yep. we like this guy. Alex was like, I like this guy. I like what he's saying. He, he seems really cool. Um, and then when we got let out again, 
it was easy to perform because everyone wanted to be there. Everyone was hungry for it. Mm. And and honestly, to as I was saying earlier, Craig, you've given us as much or more than we've given you in knowing that we are privileged in this position to be able to do what we do. We entertain people because there's something in us that I can't really put my finger on, but we have mm. to do it. We have mm. to perform. I remember when my my children were born, I stopped gigging. My daughter's 19, my son is 17. And I spent about two and a half, three years of not gigging anymore. And there was something inside me that was torn and ripped and <laughs> missing. And on a Thursday night, my wife would go up to me, go to the bloody jam night. You need to get it out of your system. So I'd go to this jam night out at Rudy Hill <laughs> and play some blues with some musicians who I'd never met before just to let the music out because when it's wow. stuck in you and you can't express it and you can't share it, you get agitated and angry. And I was really <laughs> struggling with that. And lockdown was a torture for me. So I had to do it as much for myself as I did for other people. So there's a couple of other your... things. Oh, sorry, Liz. No, you go, Kinsey. There's a couple of other things that uh, Matt, you know, as a musician, said, but he's also a very keen motorcyclist and a flipping good one. He he was speaking once as he's riding his bike and talking like about me when he was riding. It was absolutely beautiful as he's taking me, and it felt like he was taking me for a ride through the hills and all that. And explaining where he was, it's got beautiful bikes. Plus, he's also a magnificent photographer. So he has this other skill of seeing. And we spoke about, you know, art. Well, mm. He's got another string to the bow that he is a really good photographer. He's a magnificent photographer, and also a great bike rider. Do you reckon that's about connection then, like rather than? And... Do you reckon that's connection, like being able to notice a thing and? think to capture it you know photography is something that came on much later than music um i was a sports person as okay. a child and and very much a, a competitor fierce competitor in sports i still am i play lawn bowls um i made it to oh, i forgot that i forgot that I, I made it to a quarter final of australian open a few years ago um, so I'm, I'm very competitive in everything I do. And sports taught me a lot. And I, I think that perception is partly that as well. And, and I played a lot of sport, especially soccer and basketball. Um, as far as the photography and the art goes, it's all about composition, isn't it? It's about layers and texture and telling a story. Music can tell a story without words. And a photograph can tell a story without words. Yeah. yeah. And it's and it's about emotion. It's about connecting on an emotional level, which is something primal. It's something innate within humans that, that we all have. I think we can lose touch with that as we grow older. A lot of kids have it naturally. And then we sort of get it beaten out of us as we grow up. Um you know, even being a man in this society, don't cry, it's sooky, it's gay, it's not tough. No, it's not. It's a human emotion. 
Yeah. And people like me are quite happy to shed a tear when it's the right time and place. Um, I, I think I'm pretty in tune with feelings and I'm not saying I'm great at it, but pretty in tune most of the time. And that that's where the crossover is for me. It's in composition, story, and um, and emotion. And that's because, you know what? You are a great storyteller. You are one of the best storytellers I've come across, whether it be your music, your writing, those bikes, that feels also... You're not just going for a ride. You, you, you're taken for a ride when you talk and explain things and you see things. Um, there's some funny ones here, which is really cool, when the coppers pull you up and all that. <laughs> that one? That was funny. Tell me about that. What happened there? <laughs> um, <laughs> if it's the one I can remember, I've got – over 500 videos on my YouTube channel with mostly motorbike and music That's content. Magnificent. Magnificent. Oh my God. Um, okay. Do we get, how do I find this, by the way? I will plug everything every when we're closing. Don't worry about that. <laughs> okay. okay. I appreciate that. Thank you. Um, I got pulled over on the way to work one day just because. I don't know why. This is the and, one. <laughs> and I was really angry. I mean, I was yeah. on the way to teach kids in a school. And I got pulled over on the side of the road right around the corner from my school. So all these parents had been driving past and uh, I get to school. Was that you pulled over by the police? What did they pull you over for? I'm like, I don't know. I didn't do nothing. anything. I just rode to work. Um, so it was a very odd. Um, it was. <laughs> what do you remember of it, Craig? Because I have very yeah, yeah, vague yeah. recollections. Yeah, because you were saying, was I speeding? They That's right. didn't answer you when you were saying, was I, I wasn't speeding. I know I wasn't speeding. Was I speeding? And they didn't answer. Um, my registration, is there an issue there? And they just kept, no, 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 it was just, just a random check. And you go, well, hang on. But you've got nothing to base this on. Um, they were gone because they knew they had nothing on him. And they knew... He knew that they had nothing on him, and he'd tell them. And in the end, it was just like, "Yep, on your day, enjoy your day." It was like so they breathalyzed me at quarter to eight in the morning. Is that weird. Is that, I mean, you... that was weird to me, and I'm thinking, "Who that?" You'd be doing well. If that I'm... was. You'd be coming home. Is that what they'd be thinking? Weird I don't know. Yeah. It was just a weekday. It was so random. I know. Sorry, that was your remember... motorbike story. That I yeah. <laughs> You the sure thing it wasn't... I remember the, the officer saying was your rear tyre is almost beyond its limit. And I went, yeah, I know, but it's not yet. They can see the markers there. It's still leaving. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> you had them on everything. It was great. Yeah, this, I... sounds, this sounds like a weird practical joke. They used to do practical jokes when I was an undergrad at uni where the story was, you know, the big one, the, the uni down near here, where the story was what for students would tell would one bunch of students would dress up like council workers oh. <laughs> and then they go and another bunch of students and then they go and approach police and then say, look, that lot are actually not real. Their students <laughs> go and arrest them. <laughs> then they go to the other side and say, look, that <laughs> lot aren't real. Go and arrest <laughs> them. And it would all end up. Like you're sure you're not but it wasn't year twelve, you know, muck up day or something. <laughs> Nobody's been playing playing anything on you. It definitely wasn't a setup. There was one young cop. They were coppers, <laughs> and I'm pretty sure the older cop was just running him through the the the, the process. Oh, okay. Um, right. At the end of the day, 
and the young cop did all the talking except for a few things. Mm. Um, actually, I remember one thing about that now was uh, I, you watch a lot of American videos, and in America, you've got to keep your hands in full view because they're in fear of guns. Yeah. And, um, you know, um, I, I, I was sitting on the bike with my hands on the bars, and I said, is it okay if I get off the bike? And the copper looked at me as if to say, what's That's wrong right. with you? Get off your bike. I'm like, okay, cool. I'll get off the bike. Yep. Like, but I, I don't want to move now. until I had permission to, 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 to move. I remember that. And again, I, I remember thinking that he knew Matt had them. He, he, he had everything covered. It was beautiful. Wow. I'll find it to Liz and send it to you. But sorry, I uh, yeah. jumped in the way. But I was just trying to say that you're a storyteller on so many levels, which I think is a wonderful thing because then – you find the level for whatever that person might be needing, whether it's your videos, whether it's your photography, whether it's your singing. Um, I, I wouldn't mind being a student of yours, to be honest. I reckon it'd be great fun. I appreciate that, mate. Thank you. And as I said, it comes from family and my, I'm, you know, I'm a 50 year old man who's been teaching for 20 years. I was a bricklayer before that. So I've had lots of worldly experience. I've traveled a little bit. Mm. It all comes from those experiences. So one of the big questions I had in when I wanted to to get you on was music from my we'll go we'll go with the music side of things music from my perspective fills the heart does all that sort of stuff when you are singing how does how does that make you feel on two levels one for you but also for when you look out and you can clearly see people having a time of their life. Music is, as I said earlier, it's it's an emotional thing, and it has the the ability for people to feel happy or sad or to lament or to, um, oh, what's the word? Deja vu can be triggered by sounds and smells yeah. and all of these great things. Music's very powerful, and music is the only art form that exists only in time. It doesn't exist in space. There's no physical. Um, music isn't physical it's a vibration in the air it's an energy and and this energy um you can feel it on your own body from the, the vibrations of the guitar or the, the thump of the kick drum on the back of your legs and it, it's a very powerful thing lyrics and then yeah. you put lyrics on top when there's that immediate emotive connection with that people have to those lyrics um, look, I find it quite easy to detach while I'm performing most of yeah. the time. But there are certain songs that just choke me and get me. For example, I Was Only 19, which I sing very mm. rarely, and for Rick that up. reason, because yeah. it's so heavy, it's so powerful. Another one that gets me that I find it really hard to deliver is um, Raining on the Rock by John Williamson. Um, that imagery in that song, what he speaks of, is so, so powerful and Australian and beautiful. <laughs> um, you know, Albert Namatjira has painted all the scenes. Um, I'd like to ask the Wedgetail, but he's way too high. I wonder if he understands. It's wonderful to fly. Wow. You know, these words are just wow. magnificent. I, I really choke up when I have to deliver those words. But to answer your actual question about having fun, when you're singing Brown Eyed Girl to a bunch of people who are singing along to that chorus, yes. it brings joy to your heart to know that 
you are bringing joy to those people. Even though I've sang that song, you know, probably thousands of times now, I still enjoy singing that song for that reason. Or if I'm singing Summer of 69, everyone loves that song as soon as they hear it. Dant, 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 first drill six. Everyone knows it. Everyone's singing it immediately. It's on. And, and that joy that you feel overrides everything else because that's what you're there for. You're there to, you know, you know Piano Man by Billy Joel says it the best, isn't it? He's there oh, wow. for them. He yep. is there for those people, for them to tell their story yep. and to let them forget about their woes that they had that day. Um, when I sing certain songs that the opposite happens, I really feel it here, like um, the song by Live, Lightning Crashes. I sang that song one day and this woman just started bawling her eyes out. And then in the set break, her friend came up to me and said she experienced a miscarriage only a few weeks ago. And I was like, oh, man, I wish I'd have known that. Oh, I wish I could sense that because I, I wouldn't sing that song in that context or in that situation to try and... <laughs> um, you know, I wouldn't want to, I don't want people to feel misery or sadness when I'm singing. I want them to feel the joy that that music can bring. But at the same time, it's very therapeutic to face your own um, situation or challenge yeah. or like for you, Papa, the song Like a Stone is heavy, man. In yeah. your house, I long to be room by room yeah. patiently. Patiently, yeah. Waiting. Man. <laughs> Man, like what I mean, you bring you bring so much to us that I I, I don't have the words to describe it a hundred percent. To know that we have an impact on people like you in a positive light gives us our prime motivation for doing what we do. Yeah, well, thank you enough because of that song at that time it feel like to me where I said, I'm, I'm waiting patiently I'm running out of patience because <laughs> the way I'm at the moment I gotta be honest I put the head on the pillow plenty of times and and hope I don't see the morning um, and then I wake and I'm frustrated that I made it through another night which sounds weird to people but I'm ready like that song says and I'm I've seen what I wanted to see. I've, I've done what I wanted to do. I've had some goals and I've reached them and I'm I'm content and I'm happy. Um, and it makes me, some people do say that it's weird that I'm speaking to people about singing at my funeral or talking at my funeral and all that, which, um, as you know, you are, Matt, <laughs> yeah, talking at my funeral. And it's a difficult to talk about, but I like to be organised. I like it to be like I want it. And as I've said to other people, I, I begin to realize that you get a good seat because it's going to be a flipping good show with the, the artists I have on. So I wish I was there. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna be there, but I might you know what I mean. But I, my hearing might be too flat. <laughs> Put it that way. <laughs> You'll be looking looking down from above, mate. And we'll, we'll all be feeling it right there. But I know it's going to happen. You know what I mean. So I know. Be singing. Matt's going to be talking. Um, whether it be in person or whether it be by video, he's going to do that. And he said yes, not begrudgingly. He said yes, yes. 
um, I, I know was it going to be there and said yes and and I know there's something extra special being planned that's going to really wow everybody as well. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and that's great that I know it's going to happen. Mm. Entertaining funeral, or as I prefer to call it, my closing ceremony. Mm. That was an entertaining closing ceremony. People are going to walk away and go, Coombs had his fingerprints all over that because that's how <laughs> I wanted it to be. And I got the people that I really wanted to sing at my funeral to sing. Toby Francis will be. Um, and that's important to me. Because, again, it shows that I have a love for music. That's how I want most of my funeral to be, music-based. And not much that... people we happen. <laughs> Do you two both kind of think that it's important that you know, you're channeling someone else's words. Like to me, because that's the thing, what's good about it is that it's it's a connection with the way someone else has felt. Like even if you're yeah. you're not necessarily feeling exactly the way that person felt because you can't know and, you know, you, you think back to, yeah. if I think of something like Bohemian Rhapsody, which, you know, we both talk about Queen and how important that song was. Who knows what Freddie was actually thinking? You know, you can kind of implant anything on that song. But do you feel, does you, does it make you comforted when you play it or when you connect to think, oh, there's somebody else that's felt a certain way that I can then click into by playing, by listening, by recommending it to someone else? Is that how you pick a song, Matthew? A lot of the time the tunes that are played are purely for entertainment reasons in, in that. Yep. Most of the gigs we do, you want people to, to feel happy. So you'll mm. pick songs that are generally happy. But there are some that slip through, as I said earlier. But when I get free choice to really play the songs I want to play, if I'm doing a solo gig yeah. and I get to choose how I'm feeling, I get to choose songs that express how I'm feeling you're going to get a much different vibe from the gig to what you've probably seen in most of them. Sure. I did one quite recently, and that was the one where you tuned in for The Weight by the band, Take a Load Off Annie. That's the song. That's the song. That night I played a very solemn repertoire of songs because I wasn't really... Um, feeling like entertaining others. I was absolutely, um, I, I was being very selfish. I was being very, um, I was being very needy of myself at that, on that particular night. I wasn't in a very happy headspace myself. I had just crashed my motorcycle. I've been suffering sleep apnea. I was feeling um, down on myself, which I shouldn't be. I've got so much going for me. I'm, you know, I shouldn't be feeling like crap, but I'm a human and we all go have these yeah, emotions. That's it. That's that's life. You can't, not anybody, you know, somebody that never feels it, I'm thinking, what's wrong with you? <laughs> it's not all good all the time. It just can't be. So, so that night I played a bunch of songs that the audience hadn't really heard me sing before. Um, and Julie Sutton was one that was there and, and Dave Wells and, and Andy, Andy and all those people. 
And at the end of the gig, Julie came up to me and hugged me and she said, are you okay? I said, mm -hmm. you definitely sang a lot of different songs tonight. I sang Father and Son by Cat Stevens and I sang um, Tennessee Whiskey. These songs that have got a real, you know, heartfelt, you know, to them. Ones that, that mean something to me, a special song by the Black Crows, which is Talks to Angels. Um, that's probably my favourite song to ever perform, but I don't perform it very often because it's so sombre and so depressing, really. It's a sad song, so I don't get to play it very often. Um, a lot of Pink Floyd tunes, you know, I never play them. Comfortably Numb being one of the, the tunes that I don't play very often because it's just so down and it's in a minor key and it's heavy. It's a heavy song. You can feel it weighing on you when you play wow. it and sing it. So I rarely perform that song. Um, if I, to be perfectly honest, I choose the songs based on the audience that's there in front of me on the night. And I pull out of my repertoire of 120-ish doable songs that I know reasonably well and try and match their feeling with this, the songs that I'm performing. So when Julie Pretty. called me that week, sorry, at that time, these are the things that I think while I was speaking with Greg Soul when I was on his podcast, Why Am I?, where he was saying about certain things are going to happen for you even meet somebody. There's a billion chain of things. Julie to call at that time. She she didn't couldn't remember my mum's name was Annie. I mean, you had no idea my mum's name was Annie. No? And at that point in time, I'd been thinking about mum that morning. And then, oh my gosh. And I, what's the name of the song? Um, what's the, the title of that song? The Weight. The Weight. Okay. And Straight away, when it finished, I sat in my chair for a couple of minutes. I always get emotional when Matt comes up and goes, I love you, brother. Doesn't matter what's going on, it gets me. And then when it finished and I said goodbye to Julie, uh, I had a little bit of a cry. But then I remembered a couple of fun things about mum, a couple of good things about mum. And I thought later on, when I go to bed, I try to do my whole day in my head to go, what happened? Today, did I do the right thing? Did I not do the right something? I shouldn't accept. I, I do that to see how my day was, and I go through what happened. And I went through the day and thought, you know, that morning I started thinking about mum, and you know that generally gets to me because it was getting up to the time when she passed away. So it was about a week. It was twelve days out from when she passed away from when when that call happened, and it always triggers me. Start thinking about mum and think it's sad and thinking, Jesus, thirty years of you know being without her—it's half my life. And then I thought about the end of the day when I remembered a couple of funny things that happened, and I thought at that point, at that time, Matthew singing that song about take a load off Annie, and I thought her death took a load off Annie. I mean, when you lay in a hospital bed for thirty-three years staring at a roof, and the only thing that can move your head. You had no sense of taste, no sense of smell, full quadriplegic, a shunt in your head, a catheter bag, a colostomy bag, 
uh, one brass lopped off. You know, that's a fairly tough life to rely on people to feed you, to rely on people to clean you and turn you over. Even turn the page of a book if they had one on a stand. You had to wait till someone walked past. So 33 years of your life not being able to hug your children, your grandchildren. And when she died, took a load off Annie. And that has helped me get through mum's death. Better than I have the last 20 years. Her death was her reward because she was free of all the other rubbish that her body is going through. And I've adopted the same attitude now that my death will be my reward from what's trapping me. That song now, Take a Load Off Annie, means a different thing. And it made me feel happier to think it did take a load off mum. You know that? It also took a load off us. We've been caring for her for 30 years. My life changed completely because every day I'd been to a hospital to see my mum since I was seven years old until I was 29. Yeah. Every day, bar a few, obviously, but nearly every day of caring for her and going to see her. And so my life changed. I remember saying, Janina, our life is going to be different now because I don't have to do all that stuff for mum. So the load was not just taken off Annie. It was taken off Craig and it was taken off Janine and taken off Ernie. So again, right time, right place. And it's not strange that many times it's Matthew Slager's at right time, right place, is it? This seems to be too many coincidences for me. I'm a member of the Coincidence Club. We don't meet. We just bump into each other. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Coomsy. Good joke. Oh, my God. It's true. I had to get in. <laughs> I had to get in. But, yeah, always there, right time, right place. Not a coincidence, is it's it? Beautiful it's beautiful, though, because... isn't it? Yep. I was going to say it's beautiful that, you know, a song that was written, what, in the 60s, probably about who knows what, He's still having yeah, new meetings for that people. Was. Was, was that a 60s song, Matt, was it? It's the band, isn't it? Yeah, the band were Bob Dylan's backing band. So, yeah, you're looking late 60s, Woodstock mm. wow. era. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, I was born in 63. So wouldn't it be ironic if the song was wrote in 1963 <laughs> when I was born? I'm sure someone yeah. will know. We have the ways to figure that out. Are we going to find out? Are we going to check the coincidence now? Oh, We're going to check it live? We need to yeah, check that now while people are listening. Make it up, Matt. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I'm keeping, it, I'm keeping an eye on the time too. I'm keeping an eye on the time too, Papa, just so we... Yeah, I'm, we... I'm getting to the end of my tether. My throat yeah. can only last so long, unfortunately. But yeah, I'd yeah. uh, certainly like Matt to plug anything that you've got to plug. What year was it? Oh, I'm just getting there now. 1968. I'm on this. 68. Oh, okay. Well, well, guess what year mum became a paraplegic? So there's the weight. I kid you not, 1968. And she became a full quad in 71. There you go, Annie. 1968. We used to go from Newcastle. When we were living in Newcastle, we used to go to Royal North Shore Hospital mm. where mum had to go because she had a shunt put in there. And I used to sit on the lawn with the nurses and drink chocolate milk. That's where I got my love of chocolate milk and nurses from. <laughs> <laughs> so much, I, so much. I mean, nurse, 
I mean nursing because I became a nurse because yeah. you know, I didn't mean nursing. Well, I did. All right. Well, you did. This I mean, you t- yeah, I did. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> this has been. I feel a bit selfish because this is something I wanted this this talk with Matt, um, but I honestly feel like our series of talking about unofficial art therapy that Matthew's side was important for people to hear. And I also wanted people to know what he means to me. It's strange. Um, We've never met in person. We may not. I might pass away before then. But you know what? I'm okay with that. Makes no difference. I can't take what's in my heart away. Cancer can kill me, good on it, but it can't hurt my heart. And he's etched in there forever. I have the initials MS on my arm. That dude on my arm is a very good mate of mine called Matthew Mark Sinclair. It also means Matthew Slager. And I say goodnight to it every night. And um, I just wanted to thank you. And I wanted people to hear me say, and a few close friends know how important you are to me. <laughs> but I want a lot of people to hear it because I think you undersell your gift, your talent, and the person that you are too much because you're a beacon on this planet for a lot, a lot of people. And I think I'd be far worse off if I didn't know you, didn't get to be blessed by your music. And this goes for, you know, Raj and John and Dexter as well. They've been great as part of the group that have del- and I suppose I do really have to thank Julie Sutton, Dave Wells, Melanie and Anne friendship with you that wouldn't have got me there in the first place. So again, you know, what was it that made Julie do that initially? I don't know. I don't care. It just delivered this beautiful man to me. And that's how I see it. Thank you, mate. Are you gonna plug what you're doing? You you're a Sydney artist. Well, thank so you. Are your yeah. gigs coming up? Where can people find you? Firstly, you're welcome, and thank you. Um, check out Acoustic Autograph on Facebook. All of our gigs are put there. Uh, my own other things is Chewy Picks on Instagram for my photography. My YouTube channel is called Hachewi, H-A-C-H-E-W-I-E. So there's a Chewy theme. There's a Chewy theme through everything. That's a hard sentence to say. I'm guessing this is a Star chewing. Wars, a, a Star Wars <laughs> chewy, not a chewing gum chewy. Is that right? I'll give you the short story. My dad and mum are both <laughs> du- Dutch. Dad's passed on now, but he he named me Matthew. I'm I'm the fourth boy. All of us were supposed to be Gregory, I think, from Greg Brady. That's what dad wanted us to be. But mum, being a good Catholic, as I said earlier, we got John, <laughs> Mark. Philip and Matthew, very uh, biblical names. We missed well, out on the loop, but anyway. Yep. Um, yep. Matthew in Matthew Dutch doesn't translate. It's Matthew because they can't say the TH sound. They can't say. Oh. They say. Uh. So I'm Matthew and my little sister called me Choo Choo. Oh, and she was learning how to speak. So it's really a, a, a really oh. endearing family name. What? That's very cute. That's wow. Cute. That's wonderful. Well, I hope people have had a lovely time and learned something. I have. 
Yeah, it's, it's so. Time, man. I've learned something. Yeah. The only thing I want to add, Craig, and it's about that thing we talked about earlier about energy, and the the, the mysteries of the cosmos, the mysteries of you yeah. know the afterlife, the mysteries of. Yeah. We don't know what's out there. We can only guess. But one thing we know about is is energy. That. I don't know, maybe there's a, a weird, spiritual, profound energy connection that crossed our paths and, and brought us to where we are with these um, coincidences, maybe, or maybe it's divine <laughs> intervention, or we don't really know. I'm not a very, um, yeah. I'm not a, a, a preachy yeah. kind of person. Not at all. I think we all have to believe what we all believe for whatever reasons we need to. Yep. But Absolutely. energy in, in, on this earth is beyond the, the planet that we're standing on. It it stretches far and wide. That's what I think. What, what did they say? Um, Shakespeare, there's more in heaven and earth than he's dreamed of in your philosophy, Horatio. Wow. wow. <laughs> I love it. Yes, that's not mine. He 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 probably stole it from Marlowe. Who knows? We don't know. Shakespeare was <laughs> <No>. <laughs> so on the theme of art therapy, I think maybe yep. this this energy of, of music, even in a physical sense of vibrations, has a cathartic um uh, effect. Yep. And it it's yep. a power that's its own and that energy can be transmitted from person to person or via me into a microphone to a speaker somewhere else in anywhere in the world in this day and age. So that energy can go anywhere. Um, who knows if a sound ever really ends. Mm -hmm. and, and this, this will make, make people around the world. <laughs> yes. True. Thank you, I'm Mike. This is very wonderful. Thank you, Dr. Liz. Thank you. It was just a pleasure to, to listen to you too.